Hark! Hark, everybody! Hark! Is that how I start shows now? It is for this show. Uh, welcome to the inaugural and only episode of Do You Hear What We Hear? A podcast with Alex and Jeff. I am clearly Jeff. And Alex, you are my producer and co-host of this show. Well, it's it's an honor to be here to discuss our absolute favorite and least favorite music of this season. That is right. We are enjoying uh, our favorite time of the year. And by our, I mean mine. And I'm not going to ask if this is your favorite time of the year. I've already made my decision for you. This is also your favorite time of the year, right? Well, yes. As a fat little Jewish kid, it was always the most... uh, envious time of the year as all of my friends would have trees and gifts and i got socks for seven days yeah that's i could see yeah so what was what was your best eighth present uh my best eighth present was probably a copy of the legend of zelda ocarina of time oh that's pretty good yeah 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 that that uh that eight nights thing i remember because i used to teach about judaism when i was a teacher and the kids would be like eight nights and i was like calm down <laughs> like <laughs> like you it's gotta understand really it's like seven thing. nights of like underwear and socks and then the eighth night is like and here's the one that you give a shit about um but yeah no i i'm uh, very excited about this we're doing our uh the songs of the season of course uh you know christmas I understand it has the word Christ in the title, but I consider Christmas to at this point in time be a non-denominational holiday. Um, No matter what people are bringing to the table here, I'm an atheist and I'm celebrating Christmas. Like, like it's fine. Christmas is multi-layered. You have the food, you have the holiday, you have the spirit, you have the, the company. And, you know, if, if you're Catholic, you have the guilt and it just really gets it gets into everybody if you just kind of let it. Yeah, it's like a sea that you're soaking in. Like oh, yes. you just get to absorb, you get to absorb this this time. And I very much do. I've gone on record on several shows saying that like one of my favorite things to do when I was younger, but still had my license. So when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old, what I would like to do is I would just drive to the Auburn Mall or in Massachusetts or the Solomon Pond mall. And I would just go there with no agenda and just soak up the energy of the mall. Like that, that was like recharging a battery for me. Um, I love the Christmas season. I love the music of the Christmas season. I have been listening to it since November 1st, much to the chagrin. Lightweight. I've heard it since October 12th. I mean, that's not the worst. Is that, is that because you were forced to, or you chose to? Uh, my wife is uh, manic about Christmas music. She oh, listens yeah. to it from the moment the season starts, which is usually well before Halloween to January 31st. Sometimes that's not so bad. I'm not mad about it. I, uh, I, 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 in, in looking at this stuff and, and looking through there, we have six categories of Christmas songs that we are going to discuss. And these are um, superlatives. So instead of going through like a long list, we have picked our top uh, of these six categories or for one of the categories, I wouldn't say top is the phrase you'd want to use, but um, so what we're doing something. 
Yeah, with Do You Hear What We Hear is we are sort of the premise of the show is that we are picking our favorite category uh, songs of the following categories. And the categories are first, your best Christmas standard, right? Meaning, yep. meaning the type of song that you would hear at any party, but most especially the parties that uh, grandparents and great grandparents would attend. Yeah. Something that you'd find in an old record. Uh, or something that is probably been covered a million times by now. So like it's it, these are the standards that you would hear when somebody releases a Christmas album, be it, you know, Mariah Carey or or you know, Kelly Clarkson or anybody at this point in time, Michael Bublé. There you go. They're going to have this co song covered, basically. So we have that one. Uh, category two is a song that is our big childhood memory song, a song that when you hear it evokes them childhood uh, fifis, as we like to call them. Get get those kid feelings. That's not how I want to say it. Yeah, it's uh, a little strange. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But something that that is a song that exclusively reminds you of your childhood. Um, which I'm very excited about. Category three, time to get religious, everybody. We're talking, we're talking God. These are the songs that have to do with God and or our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, with an asterisk on there. Because like, mm, is he? Uh, category <laughs> four, novelty songs. These are songs that are goofy or fun or not made to be taken necessarily seriously. Think your songs like grandma got run over by a reindeer or, or whatever. Um, category five is your guilty pleasure. A song that you, you kind of know is bad and you kind of look both ways before telling somebody you love that song, but you just love it. Uh, it's just one of those things that you just can't find a reason to hate, even though you want to hate it. And then finally, our final song is uh, our final choice is the one song that we would be happy if they never play again. Something I wouldn't mind having to go back in time and be removed from the entire uh, Christmas canon category. Wouldn't it be great? Uh, yes, that's your pick. A song called Wouldn't oh, It Be yeah. Great. No, uh, no, 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 no. Wouldn't it be great to set that record on fire before it mastered? Yeah, just just hey, don't do this. Yeah, uh, it's just just kicking the door. Hey, get real Phil Spector about it, you know. Get all wavy hair and a gun about it. Um, so Alex, I mean, we should start uh, with category one. There's no reason for us to to not move forward with this, right? To to not go forward. Anything you want to say before we start doing our rankings? Well, now this is just a, a very 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 subjective list. Everyone's going to have their own choices no. and nope. Oh, really? No, this is a this definitive, is definitive and objective oh. list, yes. Well, that's perfectly fine. We're just going to go ahead and uh, tell people that they're wrong in all sorts of ways. Uh, I'm open my... to it. <laughs> well, what's your what's your what's your number one Christmas standard song? The one that that is just your that you bring to the table. Well, when I when I think of a Christmas standard, I think of this type of song that when you hear it, it officially sort of brings in the feeling of Christmas and Mine is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Uh, just oh, yeah. that sweet, sweet, buttery voice just talking about chestnuts is. Uh, I, I I would say, yeah, chestnuts roasting over an open fire. That is such a immediately remarkable phrase to like bring about that that vibe of the holiday. Yeah, you, you just imagine 
you know, crackling fire and snow falling outside. And again, chestnuts. I, I've never had them, but I would love to try. Do you, um, do you ever, like when, when you choose to start playing or listening to Christmas music or your wife, is there a song that is picked first or is it just like a playlist plucked out of nowhere? Lately, it's been mostly a playlist given, you know, everyone uses their streaming service. Digital service, yeah. um, But I used to have a record of of the best Christmas songs and it was by some no-name group, but my mom had it and it was, I I really enjoyed putting it on. And the very first song on it was the Christmas song. Um, It wasn't by Nat King Cole, but it was the Christmas cover. So anytime I hear that, you know, it just kind of brings back the the fact that everyone else had a tree and I had a Hanukkah bush, but it was really just the, the season was our, our time for getting together with family, regardless yeah. of whether it was all about, you know, Christ. You don't need, che- you don't need to believe in Christ to enjoy chestnuts roasting over an open fire either. That's no, it's pretty secular. Then it's a pretty secular treat that probably tastes terrible. If I'm guessing. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't really have the internet back then. There's no Netflix. So I guess yeah. like throwing nuts on a fire is probably the best entertainment they had. Yeah, I've never done that before. But wouldn't it be funny if that like the reality of that is chestnuts roasting over an open fire means that they like explode. And that's what they did. They were like hillbillies about it. Well, that's how you you weed out the weak in your family. You just throw them on there and nut shrapnel will take out, you know. Yeah. Stand by there. Eddie's eye. Yeah, nut shrapnel taking out nuts. Um, so you went with the Christmas song, a great song. Um, wouldn't have been my pick, uh, primarily because I, f- I feel like it's a little too slow for me. I I don't uh, like very slow songs. Like there are songs that are these these things, these like uh, classic hits that just lasted forever, that if they don't move at a pace that I want, I can recognize that they're good, but also I'm be like, nah, I'm good. I love, I like the song, but it wouldn't be the one that I would immediately pick as my best Christmas standard because I am going to Andy Williams, um, who in my mind, I think did, did Christmas the best of that generation. Um, I, I think he, you know, because you had, let me see, obviously not King Cole, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. Um, you have guys that were doing this, but I think Andy Williams really like leaned into it really well. And my song that I picked is The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Oh, the song that shows up in literally every Christmas movie. It's a. Uh... Yeah, that's not, there's a reason for that. <laughs> like, yeah. like, there's what's going to invoke Christmas more than the introduction of a Christmas scene with that song sound playing, you know, like that's it. It's also really peppy and gets you. Yeah, it is. It it is. It's, it's one of those songs that really does sort of like bring you up. It's like cocaine as a song. (laughs) Like it gets you friggin' amped. Um, you know, you just want to be on like ice skates spinning around and, and like with your arms out singing this in front of like the entire town as they're about to go about their Christmas day. Like it's on just, cocaine. yes, well, everyone's on cocaine in this story. Yeah. Like literally that's what the snowfall represents. It's cocaine. Oh, if um, only. 
but yeah, that's, it really is sort of that thing. It's, you know, maybe it's the morning person in me that when I wake up, I'm, I'm very peppy out of bed and I kind of spring out and I'm like, here we go. But it has that energy to it where it's like you're just springing out of bed singing it's the most wonderful time like i i love the energy that comes from that song and it if i was going to make a christmas movie that would be the song that you know it would probably be me getting this crap beaten out of me by a group of mall santas while that's playing but well i mean that would be entertaining to see i just like i agree with you totally that Andy Williams has a tendency to do a much better job with Christmas because he has that very brassy sort of voice yeah. that his presentation is out of control. Yeah. Oh yes. So yeah, I, I agree with you that it is also a, a worthy contender for King yeah. of standards. The, the Hulk Hogan of, of holiday music where it's like, all right, well, he might not be the best talent wise, but the packaging is unbelievable. Um, I also think he was pretty good talent wise, but you know, we do what we got. Well, he was, I would probably say that he's, he's more of the macho man because he can cream of the crop. That's right. He can kick in the door. No. Yeah. Going to celebrate the the birth of our savior. (laughs) Have you ever thought about our Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, bringing the frankincense. Yeah. Um, So, uh, so that's good. So, so best Christmas standard. We have the Christmas song by Nat King Cole from Alex and the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams from Jeff. Um, Category two, let's talk childhood memories. This is something that's going to pull a childhood memory out of your brain. It's that earworm that reminds you of when you are living in a time where you felt safer, you didn't pay taxes, uh, you didn't have income, but that's okay. Yeah, you just leached off your parents. That's the yeah. best part. I'll start mine on this one. And this is Me a song. Too. This is a song that people look at me like an absolute weirdo when I talk about how this is a song that reminds me of growing up. Um, but it's a good reminder that my parents were very young when I was born. So they were in their early 20s, early to mid 20s when I was experiencing all these Christmas memories. So they were going to listen to things that were not necessarily classic at the time. And it ends up being um, the song Father Christmas by the Kinks. Now, this is a song that I had never heard before. I, do, I don't doubt that. <laughs> it's it's a really disturbing song, but it's a it, great song. It is a great send up of Thatcherian England and what what England was like at the time where you know you had people at the top getting much more benefits and all the people at the bottom getting screwed over. It's a very Reagan style existence over there. Thatcher and Reagan were very similar in that regards. And the Kinks released a song that was essentially about how platitudes mean nothing and that the people in charge don't understand. And Father Christmas, give us your money. <laughs> like they so, robbed Santa. It's pretty prescient. Uh, it's, yeah. It kind of fits today, too. It sure does. Um, this was a song that used to come up a lot when I listened to this. My family 
we tended at the time, uh, for any of you that were from Massachusetts, that we, we were an 80s WAAF family. So we were like the rock station family. So the songs that came on weren't the classic Christmas standards. It was always the weird, you know, you'd have stuff like I almost there's a couple of other songs I almost picked as well that would have sort of fallen into this. But those 80s Christmas ones that have a bit more of an edge to it, I think like holiday wrapping by the waitresses is another example of that where it's christmas but it's being celebrated in an an edgier or more ironic fashion um i think irony was like a really big thing back then yeah i mean the 80s were definitely a a very sarcastic very uh bitter time for a lot of people if you weren't at the top you you were you felt like you were nowhere and that's yeah. a lot of the energy that it brought. So yeah, this song, and this is one of those songs that I mention it to people and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm like, it's the kinks. Like you guys didn't hear this a lot growing up. And then it turns out, no, people, people just don't. Um, they, they all know the two songs by the kinks and that's it. Yeah. I mean, if that, but this one is, it's just, it invokes my Christmas feelings, my Christmas childhood more than anything. And again, there were others that were so close. And one of them that I actually snuck into a different category, uh, which I was very happy about. But this song is just, it. it's this apparently undiscovered gem because a lot of people are not familiar with it. Uh, I love the song. I think it's super catchy. I don't hate the message. Um, especially as an adult and looking back on it, like I get it more. It's just, it's just so fun. And it does remind me very much. Like I was going through my list with my mom on the phone before recording. And I told her this and she was just like, God, that's such a good song. And I was like, thank you. Well, let's see if we can get it up there on Spotify. All right. So mine is a little strange because most of my childhood was spent watching VHS tapes over and over and over again until they completely wasted away. That's called being a regular person, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, you're good. You're, you're safe. So mine is, uh, from, from home alone, which I, that's not a surprise. Yeah. My, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's one of my Um, most watched movies as a kid that I had on VHS. I, it was uh, Ninja Turtles, Jurassic park, home alone. Oh, lather, rinse, repeat. That's Ninja Turtles, man. Just (laughs) the fact that they have a scene where Casey Jones murders the shredder is after attempting to murder Tatsu. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, the there's a scene in the movie where Kevin goes to church and he gets the message from the magical, mystical old man. And then he realizes that he's going to be late he has to make it home so that he can uh cause grievous harm to two really inept burglars it's torture time baby it's it's such a great but the best part about it is they have the carol of the bells and when the bells start to toll at the end and it really starts kicking in and i found out recently that they mixed the carol of the bells with the choral version and then Mannheim steamrollers version. Yeah. And that's the, and the when you say they, by the yeah. way, it's John Williams. Seriously. 
John Williams did this. Yeah. Well, that kind of definitely makes sense now. Yeah, like I believe John Williams was the composer of um, Home Alone. I'm like pretty sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Williams did this. John Williams scored Home Alone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's Star Wars and Home Alone and kind of answers a lot of questions that you might have. Does yeah. You're like, I wonder why it was so absolutely amazing. You're like, huge news for you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That uh, that definitely illuminates a few corners of my childhood, but uh, no, it's it, when when it switches from the choral version to the Mannheim Steamroller version, which we got to give a little bit of a uh, honorable mention to Mannheim Steamroller. They walked it, so Trans Siberian Orchestra could run. I mean, that album slaps oh, yeah. so hard. Yeah, but it just gets you so pumped for the physical violence that's about to come and seeing that movie in the movie theater and then watching it on VHS and just enjoying the fact that this kid was going to get just so, so much blood on his hands was just a fabulous part of my childhood. He's going to like, I'm going to cripple some men that are hard up. <laughs> yeah. The paint scene is always a little bit uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, for me, it's the um, the nail. Oh, through the foot. Ugh. Yep, that's the one. Because the other ones, I can take a beating, like I can take pain, but that is a full puncture through a foot. Yeah. Um, with tar on it, which I'm sure that's going to cause some problems. It's almost like he just painted it with tetanus. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It might as well be like uh, you know, uh, what bamboo shoots with dipped in shit hanging out there um please enjoy your foot getting cut off because of sepsis this is an excellent pick and also a good example of of the menacing use of an instrument like the bells from carol of the bells by john williams like they do sort of have like a military kind of energy to them because of what the actual scene is going there and williams really did find a way to make something that seems very reverent shift into something that's more like war prep. Oh yeah. And that you're, that's a good pick, man. That's a real good pick. Thank you. Yours is, I, when I listened to the song, it, it, it was a revelation or revelatory moment for me because I never actually heard it. So, and plus when you watched one thing on YouTube, they show you five other things that, Mm -hmm associate with it opens up a big door of like here's some other i think the uh, the bet the example that went the most mainstream of that is probably christmas wrapping by the waitresses that one you know the the merry christmas merry christmas but i think i'll skip this one this year like that one that one sort of like crawled out of the obscurity hole that it, it felt like it should have been with other songs at the time to really have that lasting impact. And I don't think father Christmas did, but I do think father Christmas is the better song. And I also feel like it, I mean, I, I, Christmas rapping is one of my favorite songs. No, it's um, a great song. Yeah. yeah. I love it a lot, but there's something about father Christmas by the kinks that really does transport me back to, a little poor kid in the eighties getting very prepared to have the one time that we felt rich. And that was 
there's a lot to say about that. Now, uh, next, we're going to go in a different direction, and we're going to be uh, bringing the Lord into this. What, what, for what is Christmas without the Christ? Um, uh, it, it is a commercial holiday that everyone participates in, whether they like it or not. Yeah. Um, so these tend to have more relation to sort of the the Noel itself, the 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 birth of of the Savior Jesus Christ, or you know, depending if you have a song uh, about Hanukkah, it could be that as well. Um, but these tend to be more of the less Santa y more Christy, more reverent, um, more religious uh, version of that. And so uh, your pick is? So it, I picked Little Drummer Boy by Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Uh, there is not a stranger combination of two men singing a song than Bing Crosby and David Bowie. Yeah, that video is unhinged. It's it's just absolutely just looking at them dressed like nerds. Yeah. Uh, and Bowie and... is so restrained. Like I would really yeah. like to I, I don't know. Well, because it's 10 pounds of cocaine and Bing's like, well, yeah, I got like, something for you, buddy. Yep. For those of you that are, do not remember, Bing Crosby was the guy that talked like that. He said he talked like he was having a stroke uh, <laughs> and he sang that way, too. And Bowie, of course, being Bowie. And so you see, this is actually um, from what I understand, this is a medley of Little Drummer Boy and Peace on Earth. It is. Um and you get that really when you hear Bing just going, boom, boom, boom. And then you just hear Bowie go, peace on her. Um, not, not the crew that I would hire to babysit my 15-year-old daughter. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Because no, uh, no, no. there's going to be some form of abuse coming from either Bing Crosby, who famously beat his children, or David Bowie, who famously slept with a child. Um Multiple times. The, yes. <laughs> and it was written about. Uh, Little Drummer Boy, this is one of those songs that when you... There's a lot to unpack about this song. Um, done correctly, I think it works really well. When you think about a woman who just gave birth and a little kid with a drum is like, can I smash my drum in front of you after you just gave birth? And she's like, I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> you just go for it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh you know, but if I it's actually done wrong, it turns into the interminable Christmas pageant song where you're sitting in the the audience and listening to a bunch of snot-nosed little brats sing the 75 different verses of this song. There's a lot. There's a lot of little yeah. boys out there. Um, I'm glad you like this. I actually <laughs> It's come up on my Pandora on a couple of the holiday stations that I do. And I give it a thumbs down every time. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, there's one version of Little Drummer Boy that I like. And I'm almost embarrassed by the fact Ooh. that it's by Pentatonix. Oh, see, I, you have a pick of Pentatonix later. Not to yes. spoil things. Spoiler but I alert. Need to, I, I need to be abundantly clear that I absolutely loathe pentatonics can i say something i also absolutely loathe pentatonics and oh. yet i have found myself 
enjoying several of their songs because they'll come up and a lot of times so when most of the time when i'm hearing christmas music okay most of the time i'm hearing christmas music right now anyway but i do it a lot when i'm uh valerie and i will we listen to music while we play dr mario against each other and that is usually like a 40 minute like cool down exercise for our day as we do that cool if i'm down. playing the you don't murder each other during that's why we have to cool down uh so it's funny because it's competitive but it's not that competitive because we play so much that it's you know it's a seesaw forever but because i am playing a fast moving puzzle game with my hands i can't just go over and skip songs or whatever so pentatonics has been coming up and i've been not hating them as much as i used to which is a bit uh jarring for me it's a little unnerving but um i don't like most of their stuff but they do a version of little drummer boy that i like um but that's not what i picked for my religious song um because you pick for your i picked oh holy night performed by anyone <laughs> literally anyone i i there's something about that the crescendo of the fall on your knees line is is great this is a song that makes me feel reverent for a god i don't believe in which is which is fascinating like this is a song that when if it's done correctly and it's done correctly all, most of the time like i don't know yeah. why so many people aren't screwing this song up it's hard to do but it's so good. I would say that this is one of those songs that people maybe put a little bit more heart into because it really does have a power. It, it has a, it has one of those draws to it that I don't know. I I've never skipped the song on a Christmas playlist because it's just an enjoyable song. And it really kind of strikes at the heart of the whole Christmas story because it's focusing on what really matters in that particular story, which is the arrival of the, the Christ child in, in an overpowering way, in a yeah. way that you're, you are, this song is reminding you to be like hit with a wave of adoration for this, you know, this savior that's been brought to earth, you know, Superman. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it is uh, here. Like I'm going so far as to say that like the Eric Cartman parody version of Oh Holy <laughs> Night is still great and fun. And it's funny in a way. I don't think I've ever heard a version of Oh Holy Night that I didn't like. And this is not an invitation for those of you listening. Yeah to send me some version of you know gg allen doing oh holy night or some shit like that. i don't want that um leave my song alone i love this song every version that comes up i'm like yes put this in my veins some of them are gonna pull a tear out of me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be afraid to admit that well i don't think anybody can screw the song up because you put your stamp on it and as long as you treat it with some sort of reverence, it's going to be like, I was just trying to think about the worst person to actually sing this song. And maybe, I don't know, Roseanne, but if you, even if you give it to someone like Yanni or Zamfir, you'd still get an excellent production out of it. 
Yeah. I looked it up. I Googled worst versions of Old Holy Night and they're all, they're all bad. I mean, there are, there's some that are right there, but you know, I don't think that's necessarily fair. A lot. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. That's like the worst version of, of Oh, Holy night that you'll ever hear. And apparently people are saying that the Steve Maudlin did one. That's just terrible. Who is Steve Maudlin? I don't know, but a lot of, there seems to be a lot of articles about it. Um, you know what I want to hear is the Tom Waits version of Oh Holy Night. Oh, Tom, boy, have I not been able to get into Tom Waits. I, All my I don't friends like are like, you much, love him. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fabulous. Know. It would be something. But I do sure I sure do love Oh Holy Night, man. That is that song just that song hits me. And it is it is funny. Because I am going to be the first to say that I, I do not believe that Christmas is a Christian holiday anymore. Um, and yet I do not, like I said, I don't believe in God. I don't, I don't believe in the story, <laughs> the story of Christmas. Um, and yet I am still moved by this song as if it was like the most beautiful song about like Gandalf. Like it oh, just fabulous one. It just would have, yeah. Or Gandalf Ian singing Ellen. Fall on your knee. Hear the angel voice. Um, yes, that's right. Uh anyway, so yeah, that's my my pick, Oh Holy Night. So we have Little Drummer Boy and Oh Holy Night. Those are our Jesus-y picks. All right. So we've got a category coming up that is very close to my heart. Uh, mocking things is just so wonderful. Um, my family, I, I grew up with uh, my parents divorced. So very, how old were you? Uh, I was, I was two when they divorced. Oh, wow. Yeah. That most is most of my, yeah, it was, it was strange because my sister and I are the only ones who share the same parents in our family, but I have seven brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ. You're not kidding. So I spent most of my time with my mother and my father is the Jewish one. And so going out to my father's house, it was always a weird kind of time. It's like getting but 16 Hanukkahs. It, 16, oh no, it's not the same. Cause we always say two Christmases when we get divorced in a, uh, oh yeah. 16 Hanukkah. The, the math doesn't really add up, but that's fine. Cause it's all socks and ties and underwear anyway. So the thing about novelty songs is there was nothing reverent in my house ever. Mm -hmm. So being able to poke fun at something that's supposed to be reverent is just currency in my dad's house and my choice. Well, you know what? Let's go with your choice first. That is fair. I, I think it is my turn to go first here. On I this believe one. so. So this was actually originally going to be my invokes childhood memory song. And then I saw the novelty spot and I was like, oh, never mind. This will go here. And then I have room for another childhood song. Um, this song is a song that I too, I know the entire lyrics to the entire song. Uh, I love it. I find it hilarious still. I have the album it's on. Spoiler alert. The rest of the album is terrible and like pretty racist. Yeah. But this song remains 
one of the I think the most popular novelty Christmas songs. Um, it's not Dominic the Donkey. I'd rather die. Um, yeah, but uh, it's the Twelve Pains of Christmas by Bob Rivers. Such a great song. Uh, were you familiar with this ahead of time? I was. Yeah, th- this is. It really, I mean, it came around in the mid '80s. It still encapsulates every part of the problems with Christmas, the things, the commercialism, the the stress, the problems that come through Christmas, the expenses. It's just a perfect send off of all of the problems that bring Christmas. And I just love it so much. It's also the only version of the 12 somethings of Christmas that I can stand in any way, shape or form. Yeah. The Jeff Foxworthy version. That's not good. The, the McKenzie brothers, they have one that's not, not particularly great. It's it. I find that to be another one of those songs like little drummer boy to be completely interminable. It never ends. And you get real tired of it halfway through, but this one I can listen to from start to finish with no, no regret that I made a bad choice. Yeah. You don't need a Muppet to make this song work. I will say the 12 days of Christmas Muppets and John Denver version is pretty good actually. Yeah. But everything's Um, better with Muppets. Obviously Um, this song, it's just from, you know, the stale TV specials, batteries not included, no parking. You know, Salvation Army, Facing Your In-Laws. It's just the whole... And like to hear people break down over the course of the song is just this added special touch that's just... This is a brilliant song. It's a brilliant parody song. It's probably, in my opinion, one of the best parody songs that's ever existed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bob Rivers is probably not the best dude. Uh, After hearing some of the songs on that album he's definitely a little bit problematic but this was a bob and tom standard yeah and i grew up listening to you know just like you probably listening to radio jockeys and they the you know the morning zoo radio thing was irritating but when you have like a good show like personally i think bob and tom is great and you listen to these guys and they've got these parody songs, but whenever this one came on, it was you stop what you're doing and you're going to listen to it because yeah, it we had uproarious every time. It was recorded on several Maxwell blank tapes in our house. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, I, I don't need that uh, John Cicada song. I need this. To be fair, so, you also need the John Cicada song because just another day is a banger. Yeah. No. We all want so, that. John Cicada song. Yeah. Mike um, and the mechanics with uh, the living years was uh, also one that got, was on several, several tapes. <laughs> yeah. So I stand 12 pains of Christmas, legitimately my favorite novelty songs. One of the best songs. When I said father Christmas, when I was on the phone with my mom and I said, I picked father Christmas by the kinks as my childhood memory. And she goes, what about the 12 pains of Christmas? Cause we would literally, she would put in the tape and we would all just sit there and laugh our asses to, off to it. And I said, oh, that's going to be on the novelty songs, mom. Don't worry. I wasn't not going to let this on there. Um, yeah. She doesn't was, care about whether or not you're a, a dirty heathen. She just cares about whether or not you respect the 12 pains of Christmas. I mean, and that's, isn't that what Christmas is all about? Exactly. 
now what about you what, what's your novelty song of choice so um as i said before i am of the jewish persuasion and i heard this song well i actually saw the song performed on saturday night live and i'm sure you can see where i'm going yeah with this. no it's not a tough it's not a tough one yeah it adam sandler's hanukkah song is still one of my favorite songs of all time and he's updated it a few times since yeah it was originally released but it still makes me laugh when he says oj simpson not a jew and i just every time i hear it i'm like yeah that's 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 actually one of the more funny parts of this song and it gets funnier as time goes on um i would say that the funniest line of any of those is two-time oscar winner dustin hoff monica <laughs> celebrates hanukkah there's something about that specific line and the way it's sort of like shoehorned all together and very silly i i think about every the further away i get from when i first heard that song the funnier two-time oscar winner dustin hoff monica celebrates han and it's just so funny to me that he's just like well i gotta get this in there how do i shoehorn it in there and he did that so good personally i sandler he's had his ups and downs but i i still think that he's probably the smartest person in hollywood because he figured out a way to get major studios to pay for vacations with him and all of his friends he's also the nicest person in hollywood um really spoiler alert three years ago um and, and when i say three years ago i i mean three years and two days ago um i met him at uh backstage at conan uh in december of 2019 when valerie was this was, when val was on conan she yeah. did conan he was recording um a pre-interview like a, uh, an interview that was going to air at a later date for um uh, uncut gems Great now movie. she was in the green room and all of her friends were there and i was kind of like wedged out a little bit and i was like it's fine like you do your thing with all your girlfriends i'm gonna hang out here and he comes out of his so it's just me in like this larger green room and he comes out and we're both kind of just hanging out and he starts eating like some cantaloupe or whatever. And he just looks at me and goes, it's good melon. And I was like, it's the finest melon TBS can buy. And, uh, and he laughed and I was like, I was like, can't wait to see the movie, man. And I was like, talking to him, like, I hey, can't wait to see the movie. He's like, oh, thanks. And he came over to talk to me. And I was like, I'm wearing Larry Bird socks right now. Cause he's from New Hampshire. He's a big Celtics guy. And he goes, no, you're not. And I was like, I'm wearing Larry Bird socks right now. And he goes, show me your Larry Bird socks. And I pulled yes. up my socks and I was like, I'm wearing Larry Bird socks right now. And he goes, you're wearing Larry Bird socks right now. And I was like, yeah, I was like, my girlfriend's performing on Conan and, you know, she's from Boston and I figured this would be good. And, and I was like, you know, and he's like, he's like, oh, and he just walks in <laughs> to her and, <laughs> and he starts like wishing her luck be like, Hey, yeah, you know, congratulations. It's a really cool experience. That's great. Where are you from? Oh, you're from the North shore. I'm from... And it was just, he was the nicest guy and just very, very kind, very cool. And it was right around Hanukkah that he went on obviously because he was there and so i believe that he was also talking about the hanukkah song in 2019 this song has become the official credo of people in december of the jewish faith i legitimately have never met another tribe member who doesn't like the song 
I mean, rabbis love this song. It's yeah. you, you can't really, it's not about any sort of stereotypes. It's about, Oh yeah, we've got famous people too. And, and it's about inclusion. I mean, yeah. Because you know, everybody can celebrate Hanukkah. All it is is lighting some lights and talking about how oil is yeah. important. You know who can actually is two-time Oscar winner Dustin Hoffmonica. Because he celebrates Hanukkah? He does, yeah, that's true. What they should put that in a they should put that somewhere, like in a should put that in a song. No, it is, but you're right. It's just a feel-good song about inclusion, really, and about yeah. like, hey, you're not alone in this time that's very hard sometimes for some kids to feel like they belong, you know, because in my hometown, there were not a lot of Jewish kids. Don't, you, no way. If you can believe that a town in central Massachusetts was not filled to the, it's not that we don't have Jews in Massachusetts, like Newton exists. Like, yeah, we, we have famously have wonderful places. Zaftig's Jew, uh, Jewish delicatessen is fantastic. There's a lot of Jewish places, but in central Massachusetts, it was not the case. Not so much. And so, yeah, but, and that song, like everybody loved that song. Everybody knows the lyrics. It's, it, it is a classic that brings everyone together because everybody loves Adam Sandler. And we all come together and we drink our gin and tonicas. And we smoke our marijuanicas. Uh, and we celebrate Hanukkah. Great pick. Yeah, thank you. Um, up next is our guilty pleasure category. Oh. Do you like how do you like your pleasures? Um, this is a song that you you know is bad. You 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 kind of you don't feel bad for liking it, but you're not going to advertise that you like. Oh it. no no no! I feel bad for liking this song. Oh, do you? Okay. Oh yeah. Um, so because yeah, the, the these are songs like look, Christmas it is not. There's a lot of Christmas music, and that does not that mean does not mean it's all good. Uh, a lot of Christmas music means a lot of duds. And so what if what wh what about some of those duds or these songs that are a bit silly or over the top or goofy or just they just feel wrong, but you just got to like them anyway. Um, and Alex, what's what's your pick? My pick is a song that I like specifically out of spite. Everyone in my family hated this song and specifically my little brother hated this song so much that he would almost go into a rage whenever he heard it. So I would play it as loud as possible every time it came on the radio. And it is Christmas. Don't be late by Alvin and the chipmunks. That is the nails on a chalkboard of Christmas music. It is, but it's so wonderful. Is it? The hula hoop thing. My brother used to sing. Like, I never hated it growing up, but I, I'm not a fan nowadays. But my brother used to sing the hula hoop part, and it made me want to kill him. Yeah, that's the whole point. I wanted to murder him. One sibling will love it. The other sibling will hate it. And it can be a point of contention until the end of time. Yeah, that's fair. Because it was. God, it was just a bad song. It, uh, okay. Okay. No, I get you, it. You bring I, yours and uh, well, no, I'll, because I'll... because these are, but that's the point, you know. And so the chip, because the chipmunks, that's like the chipmunks is like the prequel to Crazy Frog. If you guys were not like privy to that, it was what Dave Seville basically just sped up 
what was it? He played uh, a 45 on with a seven inch speed, or I don't know what the speeds are with record player. He basically just found that people sounded silly on when you would play it at the wrong tempo. And so he just did that. Wait, 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 wait. I need to make something abundantly clear here. You're saying the chipmunks weren't real. Fair. I'm so no, sorry. No, 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 no. You're, you're, say, you're saying this is breaking my entire world. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know that they seemed real because there was a cartoon and some Damn movies it. about them. This song, the hula hoop line, just, it is infuriating to me. <laughs> it, it's... It, it's just one of those songs that is it becomes an earworm if you hear it. Oh, it's and already in my head now. Exactly. Like that that kind of swaying, you know, like you and your buddies have your arms on each other's shoulders and you're kind of Oh like, yeah. It's a drunk song. It's a it yeah. is one of the perfect songs to can't it's come a chipmunk on shanty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The C so. is for chipmunk in C shanty. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a sort of song that you put on, and uh, you either drive people away or you come come together. It is a it's a unifier and yeah. a destroyer. There's no middle ground for Christmas. No. Don't be late. It's it, no. it, it, it is it is what it is, and it is pain coming your way. Um, my pick is the most overly aggressive, self important, religious schlock that could possibly come out um it is a song that when i heard it for the first time i was like and by the way when i say i heard it for the first time i mean i heard it for the first time this year and it came on during one of my dr mario games and we were talking about this song and i was like the, what i basically said is i looked over and i said all right I need you to understand that I know that this song is absolutely terrible, but I fuck with this song so hard and it is Mary. Did you know by pentatonics? I just, it is an embarrassing song. Every pentatonic song is an embarrassing song, which is why they have talent, which sucks because every video that these people have ever done is the most self-important theater they're, kid video they're, i've they're, ever they're seen theater kids yeah they're they're they are literally the you know in the office when they were like how can we make andy bernard more Ooh. insufferable oh make put him, him in uh sweeney todd it, yeah uh, put, put him in an acapella group because acapella groups are obnoxious and yeah, but they got it so right and pentatonics they're like they do this thing and I, I, I do where they go like, like they do oh, these like sounds the in the background boxing. to like oh. do this like weird white guy beat and you're just sitting there and like I like to do that part. This song is, I need you to understand how much I know this song is not good. Um, it is over. It's aggressive in its religious as. Because it's it's all about like they're asking Mary if she knows that they, she gave birth to the Savior, and, and all this like oh, did that you know that terrible. your boy would suffer for for the all of mankind? It's so lame, 
And yeah, I, it, it, I fuck with it so hard. And I hate that. Yeah, but how are you going to ask a woman who literally got pregnant from thin air? Do you know that your baby is fucked up? And he's going to die in the most horrible way. And it's going to save all of us. She's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. I didn't plan on getting pregnant. Apparently this song was, um, uh, it was, I think from 2004. So it's a relatively recent song by a guy named Mark Lowry or Lowry. And then uh, Pentatonix did their cover because they seem Christian, right? Uh, like Pentatonix yeah, I, seems like a band filled to the brim with Christians. There is n- a zero chance that they're all Sunday school youth leaders. Yeah. Like looking at this guy's face, he looks like Matthew Perry now. Like he's got like this like <laughs> salt and pepper hair with the glasses. And you're like, oh, you probably had an okay life before this. Um, and obviously it's, clearly the religious undertones are insane there's so much religion being forced uh that seems almost misogynistic too of course it is yeah like it's it's a male religious but but also there's something to be said about saying i i get the question which is you know mary did you understand that the the boy that you he's gonna die bad it's gonna be for the good of all mankind but it is not gonna be pretty um, and so I get that, but also that's weird to bring up. Yeah. It's that, that weird is to not bring a cocktail up party, birth, you know? Yeah. <laughs> are, are you, are you sure you want to go through with this? Cause yeah. it's going to suck. So this is one of these things that I, 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 I am openly saying, I recognize that this is an embarrassing choice. Um, but I fuck with it. I, I, there's something about it. Uh, I, for somebody like I am an atheist, I do not believe in God. Um, I oftentimes listen to sermons, um, primarily because I like a good speech. I like good oration. I like historical context. Uh, all of these things, you know, the Bible covers pretty well, and a, and a good preacher, I think, does a very good job of that. Nothing's going to sway me to believe in God. Um, Wait, but you like, a history teacher enjoy history? <laughs> I didn't, not as much as you'd think. Yeah. Uh, it's obvious because you're never going to have a history podcast. <laughs> anyway, I, I can understand why you would enjoy listening to sermons, why this song uh, can appeal to you. Because, you know, even if you are an atheist and you completely, because I, I consider myself to be a incredibly, incredibly lapsed Jew. The last time I was in temple was 2008 when my grandfather died. So, hmm. but it, I don't know, sometimes the echoes of our upbringing can, you know, strike chords within us. And we really just, you know, enjoy those little moments where you're like, yeah, man. This music just really grooves, but I can't forgive the fact that it's pentatonics. I just, I just can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I suppose, yeah, they're so embarrassing. It's, it's almost like they're the, they're the car full of adults that have Disney stickers all over the car. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you're not wrong about that. Like it, it is a life. Yeah, the, these are these are definitely the people that uh, drive a Range Rover that have never been to a range. 
<laughs> cows or guns. The, the, I bet people, I bet the members of Pentatonix have at one point in time gotten somebody a car as a Christmas gift with a big red bow on it. Oh, yeah. And then took them outside and had their eyes covered. Yeah. It gave them a real December to, to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And gave them the key and they're, they turn around and go, what the fuck? I have to pay for this thing. Yeah, this we can't is, afford this, an Altima now. No, we can't, we can't afford a Lexus yeah. ever. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> For a split second, I almost thought about buying a Lexus uh, with the, the the money that I won. And then I was like, this, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you don't deserve that. And you're not going to no. get it. You're well, do that. I mean, I'm sure you deserve it because, you know, you yeah. did work very, very hard for that money. <laughs> but it, you know, I work my job day job is I fix appliances for a living. And when I go into people's houses and it's nothing but the 10 to $15,000 range appliances and they're not even used or touched or anything like that. I'm like, this is just posturing. There's no reason for you to have a sub zero refrigerator and nothing in it, but condiments. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? Like, getting something like i don't i also don't necessarily believe in fancy in in that like i don't i find there's a lot of emperor's new clothes aspects to high-end items where it's like oh you just are telling me it's good and that's why you say it's good uh whereas pentatonics with pentatonics i'm telling you it's bad and i'm also saying it's good so i don't deny that they have talent i just you want to give them all a wedgie i just more than anything, I yeah. I just want to look. the The one that broke me was the, uh, they had a a song with Lindsey Sterling. Um, Ooh, I love the, Lindsey Sterling. She's she's fabulous, but they kind of shoehorned her into the pentatonics. Like we're way cooler than we we uh, deserve to be. Theme mm-hmm. when they did Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, which was a completely overplayed song. It was a great song when it came out, but it was super overplayed. And then Pentatonix did it. And of course they're doing their miming shit over in the corner. And Lizzie <laughs> Sterling is just like, I'm going to just stand here and play my violin. If that's okay with you guys. Cause I know how to behave as a musical artist. They are. Lindsay Sterling is one of those people that I actually want to get tickets to yeah but it's so expensive well it's like charlotte church i would love to have listened to charlotte church live if she was you know still tour maybe she is i don't know but back in her heyday i would have loved to have seen her live but those tickets were way out of my price range 20 years ago so yeah i'm like looking at Lindsay sterling at the um hollywood pantages and like the cheap seats are like $200 a piece. That seems high. $200 for the cheap seats? Yeah. Right? I, that's I, too much. Some would say that that's is too an much. unjustifiable expense. And that's row WW of the orchestra pit. <laughs> like that is the point where you are hearing the music well after the per- per- people in front have. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of those situations where you're like, oh, this is a problem, isn't it? This is going to be a huge problem. Like, we shouldn't have yep. even come here. 
Yeah, it's you're gonna get stuck in traffic, and you're not even going to have enjoyed the concert. Also, I'm not dropping four hundred bucks plus fees on a freaking concert ticket. I'm sorry, I'm not one of those people that can just be like, "This will be great. It's a great experience." Bring Prince oh. back to life, and I'll spend four hundred dollars on tickets. Yeah, I spent five hundred dollars on two tickets to go to the World Series, but then I saw the Red Sox win the World Series in LA. Worth it. That's a. That's worth it worth it that's worth it um now to wrap it up we uh we (sighs) have one song that we are eliminating off of the face of the earth what we consider to be the worst the absolute earwormingly terrible nastiest song the one song that you wish would disappear mine should be no surprise if you have listened to me talk ever on a podcast you know that my absolute least favorite christmas song of all time is simply having a wonderful christmas time by paul mccartney simply having a wonderful christmas time it's everything bad about music it's it's literally every it's the worst direction paul mccartney could have gone it's his worst song it's it's really bad it's infantile it's goofy and not in necessarily in a good way it's obnoxious the chorus is painful. it's so repetitive it's painfully repetitive though yeah like there are you know for god's sakes the you know uh what is it carol of the bells is repetitive yeah, but not so much that you want to start banging your head against no. the wall to get it out of you. No, simply having a wonderful Christmas time is it's awful. It's to the point where, like, I prefer John Lennon's version of a Christmas song, and I don't prefer John Lennon's anything. Um, it's simply having a wonderful Christmas time gets a lot of love because it's Paul McCartney, and Paul McCartney is, you know, a legend and incredibly likable. And, you know, it's going to be a big deal when he dies. And, and like, I get that. I understand that. But it is shit. I don't care yeah. who did it. God, this song. Liking that song is is such a huge ask for anybody. Even diehard Beatles fans hate this song. It's one of those things where you listen to an album and there's one song on every album, no matter who it is that that is the least favorite song by almost everybody who listens to it. And this is the worst Christmas song. I mean, the only reason why it's not my pick is because you had <laughs> precedence on it. There, there's a version of it by Lady A, formerly known as Lady Antebellum. The, yeah, formerly known as Super Racist Name. That, uh, hey, good for them for being like, yeah, we're going to change this shit. <laughs> like, That's right. Like yeah. they 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 did not put up any qualms about it. They were like, "Fuck this, you're right, bye." It was them uh, and the chicks, yeah, yeah. Um, Lady A does probably the best you can. If there's a version of Wonderful Christmas Time that is tolerable, it's their version. Um, it's the closest to it, and it's because I think they mix it up a little bit. They calm down a lot of the earwormy stuff, but they and it's it's a little bit different. Maybe it's because it's sung by a woman that maybe it it doesn't hit as harshly. I don't know what it is, but man, God, that 
Paul McCartney. I can see in your eyes right so bad. now. It's infuriating. You're having Vietnam style flashbacks. Uh, I'm having yes to to okay. Uh, imagine it. It's Christmas, 2004. Uh, I'm working at Toys R Us. So I'm working at Toys R Us in the R zone. I loved working retail during Christmas. I don't care what anybody says. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hustle, the bustle. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed people that were happy that they got something for their kids or their friends or their families or their loved ones or whatever. I loved that. However, that song was on a goddamn 45 minute loop in Toys R Us. You could not escape that song. And spoiler alert, that means like every 10th song was simply having a wonderful Christmas time. And like, I'm good. I'm I don't honestly want that. surprised that you're not in prison for murdering someone who says, yeah. Oh, this is my favorite Christmas song. It, how it can't be your favorite Christmas. It, it is yeah. logically impossible for this to be your favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Sociopaths love this song. It's so bad. It's just so upsetting. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, the only reason why my choice is my choice is because it is literally the closest thing to simply having a wonderful Christmas time. It's except it is actually. It is offensive to me. Mostly because I didn't understand the lyrics when I was young, but it almost felt to me it the, for clarification, my song is do they know it's Christmas by Band-Aid? <laughs> I was wondering about that because that didn't show up on the list. You didn't put it on. Oh, I didn't? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Not there. So I've been waiting to figure out what it is. Oh, but it's it sounds like a Colgate ad. It what it sounds like is a whole bunch of privileged ass white people talking about the rest of the world as if they are just beneath everyone else saying don't they know it's christmas like that you can't have any sort of bad feelings during christmas it's you can't suffer during christmas there's no and every time i listen to it i would just get physically angry by the way, it won the Brit Award for Song of the Year. Yeah, that's absolute bullshit. Yeah, it, it, it's it. You're right. It's like it's like like Song of the South winning the Academy Award. Yeah, it's patronizing. It is very demeaning to Africa. It makes it. It very much has like a gods must be crazy energy to it, which is just like, aren't do these savages even know it's Christmas? And there's something to be said about maybe understanding that is it people that are living in abject poverty that don't know it's Christmas because they don't get the benefit that we people in a position of privilege get during Christmas. Do people starving even recognize that this is the thing because Christmas doesn't mean anything. If you're starving, I understand that that is most likely the intent behind the song. That's probably the selling point for most of the artists was like, hey, we're going to sing a song that's totally altruistic, that talks about, you know, the tiny Tims of the world. But it is, it definitely doesn't come off that way. 
Yeah. Cool. Cause they say like at Christmas time, it's hard, but when you're having fun, there's a world outside your window and it's a world of dread and fear. And so it's people that are just like, Hey, the idea of it and that it's sung is, Hey, you might Think be enjoying people, all this great yeah. times, but things are very bad for a lot of people. Like, do they even know that it's Christmas because life is so bad for them? When in I reality, kinda... the interpretation of it by most people is, yeah, yeah they me, know it's Christmas, man. They're not stupid. Yeah, we we have calendars and and cell phones over here. We're not like, you know, just savages. But the thing to me, and I'm I'm doing do my best not to get political about this, is that when you look at it from one side and you look at it from the other side, it is an altruistic song that uh, tries to open the eyes of people that they might have it better than some people. And then on the other side, it's like, oh, there's a world of hate and fear out there and just be glad that you don't have to be with these people because it's christmas time and you have family like it it almost feels yeah what what is it is it bono that says like thank god it's oh, them yeah. and not you or something yes. it's, it's made to be an ironic statement but it doesn't come off that but way <laughs> boy it does not it sure doesn't um and so, yeah, it, it's funny, too, because the whole point of that is like, we need to raise money to feed the world. Like we need yeah. to do stuff to feed people to which the point and a lot of people don't know that. But the the sort of chant that goes on in the background is feed the world, feed the world. And like, don't they know it's Christmas time at all? And the whole point of the song, because if you read the lyrics, they're like, look, you don't have to feel awful about this. Like, you don't have to live your life and be miserable, but maybe we should do more for people and we should do our best to make sure that these people are taken care of and fed. Um, and it's it a great instead message. Comes off as the most tone deaf usage of a platform. Well, especially since you have like 20 of the most rich people in the world at that particular point in time that are super it's like it is the progenitor to that imagine video that gal gadot did recently right yeah it it really is like the er version of that and i know what they were going for but it's just it's so god awful um uh, yeah i wonder if it raised like because now i'm wondering like what did it how much money did it raise? Because that's the other question. Um, so 100% uh, of all publishing revenues from the sale of the song over the past 35 years, including which amounts to tens of millions of pounds go and have gone directly to the Band-Aid Trust for distribution to projects that aim to help the poor in several companies, countries, excuse me. And that was established uh, about a week ago from recording. So all of that money went to the Band-Aid Trust to distribute to that project. So I can't get too mad at yeah. the song. Yeah, I mean, I. It's hard. I just kind of wish it. Yeah, it's it's a it, it's a real trolley problem because on the one side it's a great thing for the world, and on the other side it's literally the worst Christmas song. Just, yeah it's it, it is it comes off very tone deaf um it's hard for me to agree it's hard to me to agree with the fact that this song probably has made 30 million dollars 
to give to people that have been starving. Like this song most likely has saved someone's life. So I, in that regard, I get it. And by the way, there are so many other songs I would love to eliminate off of the face of the earth. And I could start, I could just keep throwing them your way. Like there's a, there's a lot of really real bad, like Christmas shoes. The only reason I want to keep Christmas shoes is because I like singing it at karaoke. Because, because it, ru- it makes everybody uncomfortable. Yeah, it ruins the room. And that's funny to me. Uh, and because there's a part where if you sing it right, you can get the crowd to try to clap along with you, which makes it such <laughs> a better show to just be like, all right, everyone, you know, kids, there's not much time. And I would try <laughs> to get the crowd to clap along. And then it's just they would be so sad and so angry. Come on, guys. We're all going to hell. We might as well enjoy it. It's a great way to get an entire group of karaoke people at a bar super furious at you. So, just it's so good. Just just the tears you could drink all night. Yeah, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Um, But yeah, so um, that there is our list of categories. If you uh, will go back and we'll give you a quick little rehash. Um, for best Christmas standard, I went with most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Alex, you went with, I went with the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. You sure did an excellent choice. Now for category two, these were our childhood memory songs. Uh, and Alex, you picked Carol of the bells by John Williams. I just found out. (laughs) I love that, that you're just finding that out now, by the way, that makes me feel great. It's, um, it is that means you just loved it. Keeps on giving. Yeah, you didn't love it because of who did it. You just loved it for the love of the game, and that means a lot to me. Uh, for me, it was Father Christmas by the Kinks. For the for our our religious songs, for our songs that are invoking the true spirit of Christmas, um, I chose uh, "Oh Holy Nights" by literally anyone. Whereas, and I chose it. "Little Drummer Boy" by Bing and Bowie. Which. I would pay just about any amount of money to just get a full album of Bing and Bowie singing together. Yeah. Right. uh, It just would be so, so wonderful. See Bing doing rebel rebel. That'd be fun. Oh, little China boy, China girl. So, uh, with the worst song ever, but it's terrible. It's it's so bad. There's a lot of, yeah, but imagine Bing singing it. Oh, it'd be, I mean, oh. he was already probably a horrible person anyway, but yeah. still. It's just like, I'm Afraid of Americans by David Bowie, Trent Reznor, and Bing Crosby. Crosby. I'm Afraid of Americans. Bum, 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 bum. Johnny's uh, in America. So uh, for category four, we chose novelty songs. And uh, Alex, you picked. I picked the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. You and two-time Oscar winner Dustin Hoffmanica both celebrate the hanukkah song um and i picked bob rivers's non-racist classic the 12 pains of christmas uh thank you bob for not sneaking a chinese joke or something in there because you felt like you had to because boy does he for the rest of that uh yeah it is is definitely uh a standard at the uh what is it the aryan nation yeah just get the single don't get the whole yeah. album, everyone. Just get the single. Unless you like a dude that does a Jack Nicholson impression to do an entire Twas the Night Before Christmas. And don't do it. And a song that's about immigrants stealing jobs. There's just a song that's about immigrants stealing jobs. 
And it's a wonder that it wasn't used by the most recent administration as a, a campaign song. Wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go for it in 2024. Now with our guilty pleasure songs, uh, these are the songs that are absolute dog shit, but hey, we love them anyway. Uh, I picked Mary Did You Know by Pentatonix, which is bad. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it makes me shiver every time. But I picked Christmas Don't Be Late by Alvin and the Chipmunks. And apparently I... And that, was, make, that makes me I cringe. believed that the chipmunks were real. That's fair. Who didn't at one point in time? And then finally, what song would we be happy if it was erased off the face of the earth throughout all of history? Uh, just like that one bad movie about the Beatles. Um, and uh, I chose, uh, oh, no, you're up first, actually. Oh, well, I chose Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid and by, Bono. By Bono. <laughs> Instead of you. Oh, God. I love almost every other U2 song. And when I hear him sing that, I, I just, I don't know. I think bad thoughts. Feed the world. It sounds like a don't like a grocery that. store commercial. Um, and well, I that's chose where you hear it most of the time. I chose, of course, uh, no surprise here. Even the beginning is infuriating. Yeah. Uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney. The absolute epitome of terrible, toxic, poisonous earworms that find themselves in my head and they seek to ruin my entire enjoyment of the Christmas season. Hmm. And they're simply wanting to jump off something high. <laughs> right? That's, that's exactly what I'm thinking on that. Um, so that being said, you might agree with our list. You might disagree with our list and you can feel free to sign off in the comments and tell us what your favorites are in all of these categories. So once again, those categories are your best Christmas standard is category one, two, your favorite childhood memory song, one that pulls your nostalgia in three, your favorite religious song, four novelty songs, five your guilty pleasure. And finally, one song that you wish would just be eliminated off the face of the earth. I want more than anything for you to write in the comments what your choice is. Um, Alex, anything you want to add? Well, two things. One, just to make it easy for you all to enjoy our songs that are objectively the best songs ever for Christmas. We made a YouTube playlist and it will be linked in the show notes. And the other thing is just simply have a wonderful Christmas time. It's important to take care of the people that you love and enjoy every moment that you have with them because they could be taken away from you. Like John Lennon was taken away from us and by, by Paul McCartney, Mark David. Yeah. By Paul McCartney. But uh, it's, it's wonderful to talk to you, Jeff. And I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to do this and uh, please keep up the good work. And, we uh, we had a good time, didn't we? We had a great time. I've been very excited to do this podcast. I mean, we've been messaging back and forth about this, but I told you, I'm like, I can't wait to do this. This is very exciting. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, this was, this was, you, you, you picked the, the tier you, you did it. You had that tier officially for four days, just over the paywall, uh, which was great. You got that. Uh, so if you would like to record a podcast episode, uh, with me sort of like this, uh, feel free to check out patreon.com slash Jeff may and see if that I'll record a show with you tier is available. Uh, it might be, it might not be depends on when you hear this. Who knows? Uh, but it might be available. Uh, Alex, this was a great idea. I had so much fun recording this with you. I hope sometime down the line, if you ever want to do this again, I'm around. Uh, we don't I have to do it Christmas definitely time. Be. Uh, but Christmas time is the only thing that I know. Wow. As a Jewish person, that is very impressive. Um, now, if you want to hear more from me, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May for access to shows like this, plus Nerd with Dre Alvarez, as well as obviously Jeff has cool friends and monthly shows like Ugg Fine. We have a podcast with Kim Crawl. Uh, that is if you are listening to this for free. If you're listening to this on the Patreon, thank you. I love you. You're great. Uh, give Jeff money. Give me the money. Um, you can also hear me on Gamefully Unemployed's Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. That is a weekly podcast. Plus, you can hear me co-hosting Unpopular Opinion with Adam Todd Brown, as well as You Don't Even Like Sports, a sports podcast for people who hate sports, both available on the Unpops Network. You can see me live every second Friday of the month at Mint on Card, at Blast from the Past on beautiful Magnolia in Burbank, California. And if you want to follow me, Follow me at Hey There Jeffro. Alex, do you have anything to plug? This is your moment. I don't because I'm not in the industry and um, so jealous. Uh, it well, it's it, it it is just a great time to uh, to talk with you. I, I've been listening to you for years, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this with you. I do have one request. Yeah, could you sign us off, Jeff? with Dennis Farina telling us to have a good Christmas time. Well, all right there then. Okay. If that's what I got to do, I'll do it. You listen up, you stupid losers. You better buckle up and have yourself a wonderful Christmas time or I'll go over there and beat you about your goddamn head with a sack of potatoes. Brilliant. Brilliant.